In the past week, we've seen protests across the nation rise due to the death of George Floyd and countless others who have been a victim of police brutality and anti-blackness in America. To support the Black Lives Matter movement, go to blacklivesmatters.card.co. They have a comprehensive list of how you can get involved and continue the discussion on racial injustice and inequality. Thanks for joining me, Joel. Yeah, no problem. I mean, anything to push the movement forward, you know, right now, so. First question I have is, as a black man in America, how have you had to deal with racism throughout your life? Um, so, I mean, it's a little bit complicated because I actually didn't move here until I was about 11 or 12 years old. Um, previously, I lived in countries like Canada, Malaysia, uh, Nigeria, which is where I was born. Um, and to be honest, I didn't really like ex experience racism until I really got here, which was something that I had to kind of learn what it was. You know, I wasn't really brought up with that idea of racism. So, mm -hmm. I mean, when I began to like slowly recognize that this is something that exists, it was like something that like was very difficult for me to like, you know, like take in, you know, like, wow, I'm really treated differently because of how I look. Um, I think one of the first things was like, in school, you know, how you're treated in school, like that's one of the first places you'll see it. Um, and though the people would say something like, oh, you're really this for someone that's black or something like that, like really subtle things that you don't really think about, which I didn't really think about until I was much older. And I was like, wow, that's really, um, that was really kind of a racist thing to say. Um, right. Or even just like opportunities or how you're treated, um, like just in general, sometimes like the the thing I, the thing i've really been thinking about when it comes to racism is that like whenever something doesn't go my way like i always think to myself what was it that i did wrong what was is this something i did wrong did i say the wrong thing do the wrong thing um and then when i can't come up with a reason for why you know like a rational reason for why something doesn't go my way i'm like maybe it's racist you know mm. and you never want it to be that Yes, it's right. not something that you feel like you want to rush to, right? Right. But it's very much that thing. Yeah. You know, it's very much racism. Um, was So you had said that you had traveled across the world. So was this something you saw as an issue once you came to America? Yeah. I mean, to be, to be honest, I think per, part of it was me being young. Maybe I didn't see it as much. But I do know definitely now, like, it's definitely a lot worse like thinking like looking back at things that happened to me um in my childhood like in my in those other countries and looking back at what happened to me while i was in this country there is a stark difference um between what's going on here and what's going on in those other countries so um i will say it is definitely like prevalent in other places it does exist in other places and not something that only exists in the united states but um it's definitely a little bit worse here from my experience um but yeah, I would say yeah, it, it does exist. So like, it's not really something like that I I could escape from, you know. So right. Historically, you have you know situations of like mass incarceration in America, mm -hmm. um, and various other situations where America hasn't fast, in fact, worsened the situation. Um, how has America exacerbated issues of racial injustice, inequality, and anti-blackness in this country? I think the biggest thing that, that I see 
which is something that like MLK touched on. If you if you've seen the the quote that's been going around, it's talking about like when um, MLK was in the Birmingham jail, and he talked about the mm-hmm. the greatest threat to like the civil rights movement wasn't the people that are you know blatantly saying racist things. Like you know, it's not the people that are in the mask. It's really the people that are silent when it comes to injustice. Those are the biggest um, deterrents to change. So I think yeah, like the the worst thing that you can do is just be silent and pretend it doesn't exist and choose to be ignorant to these issues because the people that have the power to be silent and not have to worry about these issues are the same people that have the power to change them. So if they're silent, then right. we're at the mercy of, you know, whatever we have, you know, we're, yeah, it's just, it's just very difficult to like make real change when the people that hold the means to like ensure that that happens mm-hmm. will actually like, um, you know, speak up and try to change things. And I think one thing you'll see if you look at like the history books, like how America um, kind of structured its government, you'll see that it it really is designed to protect the people in charge. Like there's so many systems in place, um, like the electoral college, for example, that's like a huge one. Like these kind of things that are in place to keep the people who are in charge in charge and allow them to continue to uh, benefit from this privilege and you know, nothing really changes as a, as like a, a result of that. Um, in terms of making things worse, I think the biggest the biggest thing that I think the the worst thing that was done was like criminalizing the black like character, right? So like mm-hmm. like even when I go to shopping malls, people like follow me around as if I won't buy something, you know, wow. like this like I, I don't know sometimes you're like okay maybe they're just being friendly but i'm just like i've experienced it so many different times that i'm like you realize i'm gonna i'm coming here to buy something like i, I don't have any ill intent here like, but like you sometimes will get followed like yeah in the in the shopping mall they'll follow you around and like they'll ask you too many questions like oh can i help you with like like see the, and here's the thing though it's like there's a balance between customer service and like you know acting on a bias so right. like again like i like st- say, stating that is even kind of bold to say oh that's racist like i don't know for sure but i don't really think that people get followed around stores like that like i i don't think people should get followed around stores so i mean that's i, I that's not normal right like getting followed around by like the people working there and just seeing if you're gonna if you're gonna buy something aside from just the walk in hello how are you doing can i help you with something no i'm good that's it you know like it shouldn't be right, right. anything beyond that right so yeah. i mean a lot of that stuff is subtle like all the subtle stuff like that that's like you know you kind of brush them off after a while like you kind of like well you know that's just reality and you just yeah. develop like a tough skin against that kind of stuff like you develop like callousness you kind of push it down and, and just pretend that nothing's happening which is like one of the most dangerous things too that I don't think people talk about, like the fact that we're expected to suppress all these feelings and we have to do it for so long and just act like nothing happens. And that's mm-hmm. so damaging to, to people. Like one thing you'll see right now is how hurt people are. Like people will tell you like they're trying to hold it together. And like, that's really what's yeah. going on right now. Like people are really like trying to keep professional um, you know, try not to break down because we've been holding 
these feelings back for such a long time, holding mm -hmm. stuff back for so long. And, you know, if something finally comes out that really exposes like what we've been going through and people kind of get to see a glimpse of kind of what it, what goes on. But I mean, yeah, it's really, it's really difficult. But yeah, I mean, I guess the overall answer is just like, yeah, like I think the big thing is when, if you, if you deny that it exists, that's like one of the worst like things you can do because then nothing will get done at all. So. Right. Because back in 2013, when the Black Lives Matters uh, movement began, what came off of it was the All Lives Matter movement. Like I remember seeing a All Lives Matter march in the Galleria mm. and finding that to be really strange. And mm. the All Lives Matter movement seems like it's an obvious way of digressing from the core issue. Why isn't the purpose of the All Lives Matter movement as obvious as it seems from those who preach it? Right. So I'm actually not going to lie to you. Like when the Black Lives Matter first came out, too, I, I too, was a little bit skeptical of of like the rhetoric behind Black Lives Matter. Like you could like when I saw the All Lives Matter movement, I didn't really see anything wrong with it. Like because um, when I when I thought about all when I thought about Black Lives Matter, my thinking was like, of course, Black Lives Matter. Like everybody knows that. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's not what they're trying to say. They're saying there's a part of the community, a portion of the community right now that isn't getting the right treatment according to how we're expected to treat other people, according to how our country's principles are founded on and our laws are supposed to protect these freedoms. So we call the attention to black lives because the reality is it's it's what what is said in the law, what is said like as our country's principle doesn't align with reality. So we say Black Lives Matter. So what All Lives Matter is saying is like, well, we we care about Black Lives, but like, what about everybody else? We matter too. So the the problem with that rhetoric is not that all lives don't matter. Like this is something we know. It's that you're you're trying to say, let's kind of just leave it the way it is. Let's kind of just like not worry about this particular part of the community. Or let's make sure like we can try to almost like address the problem by fixing it for everyone like at the same level, which doesn't really make much sense because what's going to end up happening is like nothing's really going to change, right? So mm -hmm. I think one of the, the um, things that's going around like social media is like this whole idea of like a house that's on fire, right? Right. So like the whole idea is that like if you're saying Black Lives Matter, you're saying there's a house on fire that um, needs attention currently. And if you're saying all lives matter, you're basically saying, well, here's a bunch of other houses. They're not on fire, but we should maybe check them first before we get to the one that's burning now. And that only leads to more damage um, over time. So really the, the whole crux of Black Lives Matter is calling attention to a section of the community that is for the most part being neglected um, when it comes to these issues. And we're really trying to bring to light, like, um, can, you know, kind of say, what can we do? to help these uh, people. So that's that's really mm -hmm. where uh, the Black Lives Matter hashtag is trying to uh, push the message. So, yeah. And the incredibly unfair message based on media manipulation and it's being pushed by multiple platforms is that the Black Lives Matter movement is seen sometimes as a violent movement. What do you have to say about the people who push that message or agenda forward? The thing about like these kind of um, movements 
is is like they just don't want to see them at all really like mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what form it looks like people just don't want to see it so right. they're going to attack it in any way they see fit oh this is this is peace like for example kaepernick he did peaceful protest by kneeling lost his job right, right. like it's not it's not it's not that they they want to see it done a certain way they just don't want to see it done at all mm -hmm. right yeah that's one one thing i'll say about that and like another thing like that's tangential to the same thing is one thing i found with like the whole idea of racism is no one likes being called a racist right like no one wants to be called out like that's one like there's a lot of things you can call someone but if you call someone racist that's like one of the most like powerful things like you, you can see you, you see what i'm saying here like right I it's do, like yeah. a huge accusation right people mm -hmm. really don't like to be called that so which is which is justifiable right but like like um i i think like yeah like that to that point being so uncomfortable with being called that just calls attention to like what's really going on like if you really don't want to be called that, call that like do something right but like that's not what's happening you know but um do you think that in some sense racism can be subconscious because on the obvious front if you you know you if you say the n-word if you use derogatory references you're automatically seen as a racist but in some sense like can it be in the way people think and them not knowing that they're being racist right like right. it being obvious so the thing with racism is it's so complex so incredibly incredibly complex like what you talked about with, with regards to like saying the n-word and acting a certain way that's merely just a branch that's a symptom of racism that's ignorance right mm -hmm. that's just one portion of it it's so complex it exists in so many different social structures um at so many different levels it's very difficult to like pinpoint the exact source of this kind of thing but like you mentioned that you think potentially it's subconscious in a sense it is but it's not something that just appears you know like right. if you look at young children like young kids like they'll play with whoever it doesn't matter what they look like they don't even see that like they don't they don't understand that distinction that that like you know is socially constructed as race that that you know most people see, will see in their adult life like they don't they don't see that so like obviously this is something that you're taught um, you're brought up with at a young age, like you begin to understand like um, how people deal with each other, how different relationships exist between different races. Um, and like once you kind of understand that, you kind of see where you fit in that system and you kind of just end up playing a role. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like one of the big things, like the the subconscious thing. Yeah, like that's that, like the N-word thing really is really just ignorance in my opinion, like if you're not informed of the history behind some of these things, you're going to probably be susceptible to just doing it because that's what you see other people doing. You don't really know the history behind it. Um, I don't think, I, I don't think most people that actually do discrimination are doing it with conscious malicious intent. I think right. it's just that the society has built so many support systems to sustain itself, to sustain racism that like, it's something that just continues to perpetuate and it just subconsciously takes over like your mind, your actions, how you interact with the world and other people. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say like 
the majority of people like i don't think they would have like ill intent like it, it it is very likely that like to some extent like these interactions and like uh experiences do shape their thinking you know in a way that may may actually be like actually racist but um i don't think people like for the most part are actively maliciously looking like to do like perform racism you know so right and you know you, you and i went to the same high school mm -hmm. um and i'm sure that you know i had heard the n-word used a lot um and anytime i or someone would bring up the fact like oh you you shouldn't be using that word they would say oh well it's just a word i don't see the issue mm -hmm. um, what do you have to say about that and that idea that like a lot of people carry who say the n-word but still don't see themselves as a themselves as a racist um so that 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 um that the word the word is very complex like like the whole like uh i guess the unsaid unspoken rules behind the word are very complex i don't even know if i'm the best person to comment on this but at least the way i see it is like as the group who is feeling the oppression you know who's subject to the discrimination if you say that something is offensive to you right you want people to listen to that aspect right so like if you just if you just see it as something that's like playful or whatever you may you may uh be offending someone regardless like there are words that just have a certain meaning behind it a certain history behind it that are just inherently offensive right so yeah if you just continue to use them um you may just be you know perpetuating that you know but i mean i also do see the like some people will make the argument that like oh how come you guys are allowed to use it right like how why is it that you use it and like the way i see it is like people kind of turned the word for their own use like within their community and yeah it's it's like I don't know. I, like, I don't know if I'm like I said, I don't know if the best person put it, but it's almost like they 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 reclaim the word for themselves. And like right. you're kind of disrespecting that aspect by saying it yourself, you know, because it's not it's not said within that community of people like that you like with that community of black people. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where the offensive part come in comes in the fact that you know, people will inform you like, hey, don't say this word. Like, this is something that's like, has a certain reservation for ourselves that we think we have the right to reserve to ourselves. Which I don't see anything really wrong with that. Like, I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are things that like, you would, sh you like, like a culture would share and like hold to themselves. They don't want people to also be like, trying to do as well. So I think that's my position on it really like, it is a complex issue because it does deal with like a word and like, you know, it's not, it seems a little bit like, I don't know, weird to kind of police people on how they speak. But I mean, that's just something that like we as a community feel that like mm -hmm. people should respect when we say, it. don't not to say yeah. it. So. And when it comes to, of course, what's going on right now with the protests, 
do you feel a lot of what's been going on in some sense is a little bit performative? Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you remember from reading, like kind of what I posted, like right. I, I was talking about like the use of social media um, and how it's so powerful. It's such a powerful tool for bringing about awareness and, you know, communicating messages, you mm -hmm. know, really trying to like get people to notice something is actually going on. Right. Really. But that, I think that's kind of where social media stops in terms of the impact it can have. Right. Like yeah. a lot of times you'll see like challenges, different hashtags, things like that. Right. Like that's all good and well, but at the same time, you should be doing something when no one else is looking, you should be taking action behind the scenes that you don't have to publicize because my worry is that um, people will see this and they'll be like, look at all this progress. Look at all these people posting. There's so much being done, you know, to deal with this issue. When in reality, like, these hashtags, these retweets, they're not really going to do anything for us, right? Other than yeah. bring awareness to the issue, we still have to take action. And like, and like, it, it goes, it goes um, without saying again, like, social media does kind of, um, I guess, elicit a response from people like, you know, these challenges, like tag this many friends and whatnot, or people like sending screenshots, like, oh, match this amount of donation, things like that, like those kind of things. Like the matching, I think, is, is a big one because I think that does really help. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely one thing. But I think like purely just using social media like as a form of activism isn't going to bring about real change. And then to that same footing, I would also say there's probably some disingenuous posts as well. People posting for cloud, people posting for personal gain um, to kind of protect their personal brand because mm -hmm. um, something we're all aware of is like cancel culture. So um, it's very likely that if people don't see certain celebrities, certain people, people in power posting, they're gonna automatically assume you don't care, right? So right. on that wing, they're gonna say, well, you don't care, you didn't post anything on social media. So it must mean that you don't support this movement, which I personally don't believe. Like, I don't believe you have to show support on social media to actually be supporting a movement. Um, there's varying mm -hmm. levels that people want to interact with social media with. And I think people should understand that and respect that as well. Um, yeah, like social media is like only a snapshot of like who you really are. And it's like varying based on like how much you're willing to communicate with other people on that medium. So I think when people try to use it as like a whole picture of who this entire person is, it's very dangerous. So yeah, like... Yeah, because I think it all comes down to how are you going to incorporate your beliefs in your lifestyle, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Instagram isn't how you're carrying out your life. It's an image or a snapshot of how you're carrying out your life, but it isn't how you're, like, right. going about it. And this is something I had, I had said and I had told a lot of my friends, like, activism isn't the three to four days you decide to post something to social media and care about an issue. It's continuing to discuss an issue mm -hmm. even when no one else is talking about right. it. Right. And I think that's what I think people are, some people are kind of losing in terms of, you know, getting on Twitter mm -hmm. and being, I think, a, what I call a, sometimes a keyboard activist and not really like getting down and, and like and protesting. And 
I do understand that we are also in the middle of a pandemic and mm. there are health issues that rise, but I hope that when I guess the social media momentum does decrease and it will decrease that I, I still hope people continue to discuss it, mm-hmm. not just on their phones or their screens, but also in person and with others and with family and with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's my I hope. Right. And to the people who do wait to speak out, because there are a lot of people who are going through stories and their Twitter and speaking their minds, but there are some people who have been silent. But when they when these silent people do speak out, they're focusing on the way people are protesting rather than why they're protesting. Why do you think that is? Well, you, one thing you'll see is a lot of people or like a lot of the protests are kind of turning like into riots and people are kind of complaining like, oh, you're looting, you're doing this. This is going to kind of like take away from the memory of George Floyd. Um, this isn't respecting his memory. This isn't going to do anything to like benefit you. So this this issue again is like a complex one because um, like, yes, I understand like this is not ex- like the, the um, like you looting is like honestly like not going to push forward the movement, but it's not necessarily the action, the like, the like looting aspect, it's really just a call to attention of something that's going on. Like people are hurting in this country and they've been ignored mm-hmm. for too long and think something needs to be done, right? Like the whole idea of a protest, like in any form is just saying, we don't believe currently that society is upholding its contract with us, right? Like you, you like fundamentally disagree that how whatever um, the issue is like in that country is being treated correctly. Like you, that's what it is for. Like no matter what it takes to show that, that's what's going on right now. Like it's truly just an expression of like the frustration and the emotions that uh, people are currently feeling right now. Now I will say that like, there are some people that are out there just like kind of just looting for their own personal gain, sadly. Like it's very opportunistic. Like this is like this chaos is like kind of opportunistic for people that just want to uh, benefit from it. And it does kind of detract from the movement overall. Um, but yeah, you'll always, you, you do always see that like whenever people want to try to make progress and they're doing it in a pure way, you'll always see these little branches, you know, these little, um, side, uh, like these side actions that like people would say like, Oh, but you could have done this better. Or they'll try to look at, look for a way to kind of like justify the other side. And what happens is you start watering down like the message, you start watering down like the true focus of what the movement is going for. And then it becomes very difficult, becomes kind of muddy to kind of discern like where, um, where, what the direction of like a movement actually is. Like whenever you use the hashtag Black Lives Matter and you kind of do it in a way that like ne- doesn't necessarily respect what, um, what the focus is, then you kind of muddy the water and it becomes difficult to kind of see, see it for what it is. So, And yeah. I think it comes down to what you had said in the beginning that no matter how people protest, they just don't want to see you protesting. You know, it doesn't matter how you do it, no matter how peaceful it is, they just don't want you to see you do it. Right. Um, 
how have you in, how do you think that the government response has been to the protests uh i don't know i don't know if i would call it a response or versus versus a retaliation like i'm not gonna try to condemn anyone's like you know perspective on the president or whatnot but like i don't think anyone should support or be in support of anyone who is justifying the shooting of their own citizens in a time that is really just a cry out for help like yeah. fundamentally what's happened here is the government has failed to address an issue the government has failed like a, a demographic of people and people are just tired of this like they failed to uphold their end and people want to see change and as a leader you're supposed to you know kind of calm down the masses and kind of you know reassure them that things will actually change but clearly if he wanted to see change he would actually try to do something but because obviously like what we're seeing from him are actions that he doesn't want to change we see that he's just going to continue to support and push back on this issue rather than do anything i mean this this <laughs> he was literally hiding <laughs> in his <laughs> in his house yeah. the other day like that image like that imagery is so powerful like the just like the lights off on that building yeah. like that's powerful that just says like that's like the ultimate like i'm going to be silent like i don't i don't care it's like turning your back on something mm -hmm. like as yeah the, no, it's, it, yeah i think it's a, the act of being a coward right um and i have a lot of friends who are democrats a lot of friends who are republicans and, a, and i have a lot of independent mm -hmm. friends and absolutely no one out of any of the people I've talked to, any of the friends I've talked to is siding with the way President Trump has handled this situation mm -hmm. and has responded to it because he is, in my view, acting like a complete authoritarian. And yeah. what he did, I believe it was yesterday, where he tried clearing up the area with tear gas so he could hold the Bible and take a picture with the Bible and exploit a religion for his own gain like right. it, it, it's just ridiculous and i've tried to be tolerant of the president on many occasions i myself am a democrat mm -hmm. but i also try to see things from different perspectives and i think a lot of a lot of my friends do the same thing but at the same time like yeah when it, there's a lot of things that he's done where just there is no excuse and especially right. his his atrocious handling of what he's been doing yeah um What's your advice for the people listening to deal with a leader like that? Vote. <laughs> that is the biggest yeah. one. I mean, like, this is the 2020 election coming up. Like, we only have so much more time that we have to deal with him if we're willing to put in the effort to, you know, vote him out of office. Um, and, like, I'm not going to just try to force people to, like, to, like, you know, vote for a certain candidate. But I would ask you to, like, really look over you know, the past four years, you know, the rhetoric that has been spout from this president, how he's handled major uh, crises or really escalated them. And even the fact that this guy was almost, I don't even know how he wasn't impeached, but that's a, no, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. But like, there's just so many things, like it's not even political at this point. Like it doesn't matter like what party you support. Like this isn't something that's political. Like this is, this is purely just like, 
like this is just not a leader that's willing to do what it takes to like you know steer a country in the right direction mm-hmm. you know not a not a leader that's willing to to listen to the people that that you know they're trying to lead so i mean biggest thing is to vote like that's like that's literally the biggest way you can directly impact um you can directly impact like you know what goes on in this country and not even just at the presidential level i think a lot of people like neglect like state level community level like city level um yeah. voting so i think that like that's something that even i do like i mean this is like like i'm just entering the years i can vote now but like um i think young people in general like don't really vote at the community level um in high numbers and these these like small elections may, it may seem like a smaller things but they have the ability to like actually like impacts what goes on in your communities like this has the ability to like um to i guess kick off things like police reform um and different programs that could help to um alleviate some of the you know problems that are occurring in some of the communities so i think yeah like the number one thing you can definitely do is vote but yeah like as far as dealing with this president like i mean yeah like i i don't know what to tell you like if if you genuinely think this is a proper response to like a cry out for help then i don't know what to tell you like like it doesn't it's not even i'm not even trying to like look at this from like oh you're republican you have to support your president like just look at him purely as as like a leader and look at it as a leader's response and do you agree with that this doesn't have to fall on any political lines at all so i mean that's what i would say to people so and I think it's coming down to the issue of racism should not be a political issue. It's a human rights issue. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people are failing to realize. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have friends and family who have that view that this is a human rights issue and this is an issue that hasn't been dealt with and in fact has been worsened. Um, every time you feel like there is a response through legislation uh they find new ways to implement racial inequality and that's something that's been present um for a long time even i mean past the civil rights movement yeah i mean it's really it's really a hard thing to kind of think about when it it comes to like you know trying to make progress but i think the biggest thing is like there's certain parties that hold all the chips you know and until they really want to like let go of that power let go of that like like control then you don't really have room for change so that's really why this this like i guess new wave of the movement is really focusing on people that are being silent because like i think most people have come to realize it almost doesn't matter what we as a community are able to do like we just we just can't get it done like ourselves like we don't have like we've seen it like even at the highest level like we had a black president like and we didn't see like too much get done like able to get done so like even at the highest level you know like i think it's just right. a, a realization that like we really can't do this alone so i think most of the messages that people are trying to convey is like really a message of unity like this is something that like fundamentally as a human being you want to see other people enjoying the same rights that you do 
So, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's just, um, yeah, kind of where we're at right now. So, so as I was mentioning before, when it comes to, you know, social media momentum, as I'll call it, uh, there's kind of sadly a curve to how this discussion goes. There's a lot of people who discuss about, um, what is going on in a moment and then sadly sometimes that discussion fizzles out mm. how do you suggest that you know we keep this discussion going uh i mean that's like a hard one because i do feel like social media is like very like i guess i would say trendy like it, it follows trends like if something else comes along like 2020 has been wild like let me just say that first off like 2020 this whole thing has just been crazy but yeah. if something else comes along which i wouldn't even be surprised at this point and it's just like starts to like take over you know the social media space obviously like this kind of stuff is going to get like kind of lost in the mix of all that but um i think i think i hope now that like what's happened is that at this time period, people really get it ingrained in, in their mind, understand it in their mind that this is a problem. So it's not something that, you know, it's just like a simple post or whatever that like they do to kind of like show their unity and show their like fighting for the issue, but something that they say, you know what, I've seen this and I don't think this is okay in my society. This isn't some, this isn't something I wanna see continue. So in any opportunity that I get, I'm going to, I'm going to try to make, you know, a change. So I think one, I think the biggest things that people are saying, like, to do, like, I already mentioned, this is num number one vote. Mm -hmm. That's like the first number most thing you can do. Um, the second thing I would say is like, like, um, educate yourself, like, like, not like, a, like, a, not many people will understand, like, what we go through on a daily basis. But you know there is literature on this stuff like people are willing to share their experiences and um there is a lot of history that i think people should understand before they make comments on it as well which is again like part of the whole like ignorance thing like people will make comments without really understanding the full story because they're only seeing like you know the tip of the iceberg but um definitely educate yourself that's like a big thing um and then engaging in conversations like this one like this is something that will kind of, you know, serve as an opportunity for people to, you know, gain insight into kind of what, what the mindset is of, of uh, like, what the mindset is of people that are in this movement and people that are experiencing this, like, you know, those, those are kind of like what you can do at this time. And then also like a big one right now is just donating, um, whether it's like helping with the bail funds for protesters, or, you know, mm -hmm. just um, different political um, movements that are targeted at trying to correct this issue but um yeah those are like the four big ones i would say so yeah mm -hmm. yeah uh you know like I'm, I'm glad that people are you know talking about this and like i hope that again like you and i have discussed not just performative but they genuinely care and they're not just doing it because it's a trend or they're they think right. it may look good on their feed um and I, and I truly hope that when social media momentum f for this issue goes down, that, you know, this discussion still continues. Because, again, activism isn't about what's trendy. Mm -hmm. 
it isn't. It's about talking about an issue, even whenever no one else is talking about it. Mm. Um, so thank you so much for doing this. Um, this was a really enlightening discussion. And uh, good luck on your Apple internship. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, that, that, that seems fun. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I like, hope, hope this uh, really um, helps to inform people and kind of like get people like a better perspective, of, you know, how, how, you know, maybe like an insight, maybe a side that you don't see right now. So, yeah. Thank you.